Hey, it's Jamie Sumner, left guard from 1994-95, and this is the Bunch of Nuts podcast with my boys Dan and Cass. Go Bucks! Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. I'm Dan here with Big Cass. Currently, it's Jermaine Matthews Day, 24 days away, but by the time you probably listen to this, it's a Mario Arbor day. Hopefully, you know, he's doing better. Just had surgery. Uh, thoughts and prayers. But Cass, man, I know we took last week off. We were on vacation. We're back, ready for the football grind. Um, a lot to talk about. And Dude, this, this is it, man. It's the grind now. We're grinding the season. If you want to say how we want to start this season, this is what, season 18, 19, 20, 21, 21 22. 22. Six? Se- season six. Wow. Oh, my God. Season six of the Bunch of Us podcast. Time flies, man. I mean, yeah. when we first started the show, we, like, I remember when we first started, uh, I think Mecca, Mecca Dawn was, like, our second episode. And then we had, like, obviously TJ Downing on over that summer. And then, like, the Urban Meyer, Zach Smith scandal kind of was like the first off season, like leading up into camp. And now it's been kind of, you know, pretty chill for the most part. Um, the big drama and not really drama, I guess, Excuse me. but we have to lead with it. I think before we get into the camp, the nitty gritty of camp is just Gene Smith. Uh, he's going to be retiring in 2024, June 30th, 2024. So we have him for this year basketball season and then you know he's gonna you know basically wrap things up clean it up he he hasn't committed to you know he's from my understanding he's not gonna be the guy who he's not gonna really be helping much with the the search for the next ad and ohio state has to hire a president still so it's a little concerning that there's that much turnover did he step down to become the president that's a question I, i i don't think so I I mean I think I feel like he's going to be doing something bigger like a commissioner type of job if uh, if I had to take a guess I'm, I'm going to tell you right now he's probably going to be on some kind of playoff committee because we because with all the conference realignment stuff there could be uh a reconstruction of the the, the uh 12 team playoff you know so who knows like um so. Yeah, no, I mean, because like Gene Smith, like, I, I, like when he's getting, he's beginning to get up there. The a, an AD job, and I, and our boy Carson put it in the chat today of the Silver Bullets, and he put it in the chat that like the game is not pat, like it's pat beginning to pass him by, at least football. Um, so it's not it's not like bad to potentially get a new new person in there, um, but it, it, it's like is is the grass truly greener on the other side? I don't know. Because, I mean, he when you think of ADs around the country, Gene Smith is the top guy. One of them, yeah. There's the, there's the dude who from UCF, who was it, Danny White. I think he's now at Tennessee. He's pretty good. Um, there was Father Jack with Notre Dame. I believe he was an AD. Um, but, like, when you think of a top ADs, it's Gene Smith. So uh, there's no sugarcoating I mean, it. It's a, it's a blow to uh, the athletic program. I mean, he he's well known, but like, look, I mean, did, and like people said when he took over in oh four oh five, did anybody know who he was? No. no. So it, it's just something could be anybody. I mean, I'm I'm going to the wayside of 
It's not going to be Jim Trestle. It's not going to be Chris Spielman. It's not going to be Archie Griffin. It's not going to be Urban Meyer. It's going to be somebody that's not Ohio State related. Probably. Most likely. I mean. Might be Tennessee Jeff. God. Put his name in for the run, and every day will be fan day, according to Tennessee Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I look at it this way. It's funny because he got what he wanted for the Big Ten, and he's bouncing. That's what I find is hilarious. Like, he's bouncing before the season even starts of what he basically created in the Big Ten by the conference realignment with USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. And that's why I feel like he's going to be doing something bigger and better. That's why it I has really to be with the Big Ten. He may not be the commissioner of the Big Ten, but he has – like, it just sounds like he's going to be, like, some kind of, like – he's going to be, like, the Dwight Schrute of the Big Ten. <laughs> He's because he's too smart. He's too smart yeah. and brilliant of a guy to not be doing something like a guy guy in his position with his you know credentials, his experience. He's still that a guy like that doesn't stop working. And even if he takes on a job like an, ad, an advisory job to like the Big Ten or something like that, he's still gonna be working. Uh, I, I like I, I think he's gonna. I absolutely agree, Cass. I think he's gonna do something like that. Um, and like best of luck to Gene Smith, Cass. Real quick. Favorite memory of Gene Smith? Go. 2020, sitting in and defending uh, this because we had some bad memories with him too. The Urban Meyer scandal, uh, where it wasn't really his fault, but he did what he did. Thing that was not really bad, but the whole Jim Trestle thing, like I don't, I think he could have handled that better. You know what I mean? Like we could have took a self-imposed bull ban. He could have lobbied for that because you think about it in 2012, we'd probably play Notre Dame for a national championship. So I would say, I would definitely say 2020, the way he fought and fought for the Big Ten. And then last year where he got USC and UCLA and then finished it up this year with Oregon and Washington. I like it. My my favorite memory about Gene Smith was just seeing him randomly around campus. Oh, yeah. Uh, when, like, I, like, I just remember... The co- like, and I'm not, I was an athlete or anything. I just remember I would see him around campus and like the camaraderie he had with the student athletes, not even the football players. Like I remember one time I was at the Panera on lane and Gene Smith was there and and he was, he was there and he was talking with, I think it was like with a women's like soccer team and stuff. Like he was just talking to them just, and, and they were all like studying at Panera and stuff. And he was just talking with them, getting to know them, just being friendly um, just all, all around, just a great, a great dude, in my opinion. I know, I know, a lot of people don't like Gene Smith for some reason. I, I like, I saw that on the app heads. People saying good riddance. That blows my mind. I, th- I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big Gene Smith believer, big fan of him. I think, you know, during COVID, like you said, he, he really helped save, save every, like save the season during COVID, and a lot of people were giving him flack during it while he was actively trying to do it and saying he's not doing enough. And it, like, it all worked out. So uh, I, I will say this about Gene Smith too. Every Friday when I would do a game of Fox with Fox, I'd always run with, run into him. Cause I always sit on the field. Heck I found uh, the dude's headband, the dude that just randomly quit against Toledo, uh, not Toledo, but Akron. Um, I forget who it was. Uh, Kayvon Pope. Uh, Kayvon Pope. Yeah. Kayvon Pope. It's definitely the Kayvon Pope headband. It's absolutely. Yeah, it, has, it has to be, but you know, like, the Friday before the game, he you know he walks around the shoe, makes sure the uh, the upkeep, like the main, I would say the maintenance guy, but the field guy is getting everything ready for game days. You know, um, just seeing him around the shoe, you know, making sure everything's going point. You know, 
even when I did the basketball game this year, seeing him at the shot, making sure everything is on cue to do a broadcast and to have the game wherever it was right. I, I think he did an excellent job at Ohio State, and he expanded every like he expanded so much at Ohio State. I I agree. I think I think one day, you know, probably like fifteen twenty years down the road, I think he will eventually have a building named after him at Ohio State. I, I, he did that much, I think, for the university. I think he doesn't get enough credit. I think sometimes people, um, it, you know, only just, see the bad with him, but he did a lot of good. Gene Smith Athletic Complex. Yeah. So, enough about Gene Smith. We have some football to talk, man. We do. Camp is here. What we've been hearing. Um, this is the intense week. Last week was the. I feel like last week was the week of show. We're gonna. The fans were there. We're mixing up the rotations, getting the fans to think of what's going on. What I think this week when they. When they do put the pads on, you're going to start seeing who's who, what the, these position battles come and fold. But just what we're hearing, this defense is going to be really good. Yeah, it, it's. I, I agree with you, Cass. I feel like last week was kind of like the the back to basics week. Almost it felt like you know they're doing a lot of like easy stuff. Like they were doing like the ball security drills, just simple stuff, easing back into it. Like you said, the fans are there. Uh, Tennessee Jeff was front and center. Um, and yeah, it, it, it was, it was, I think they were trying to, they're trying to bring them along slowly and then they're going to ramp it up this week. Defense is absolutely going to be legit. Um, I know I, I forgot who, I forgot what, what, um, who tweeted it. I believe it was the, what, another one of the podcasts and I need to give them credit. I gotta, I gotta pull it up. Um, but they tweet about Sonny Styles. Um, playing nickel, and oh, the, I, I, the pod, the podcast with uh, Austin Ward and all them. Yeah, um, um, yeah. They tweeted about Sunny Styles playing nickel, which I, I, I mean, and, and people were, I think, Zach Smith said it great, but I, I was also saying this on Twitter too. Like, people are too focused on the nickel part. It's you know Sonny Styles. He could be. He's basically a linebacker too. He he's a guy who could play linebacker, safety, nickel. Like he could probably do it all because he's so freaking good. So him playing nickel is more likely. Like it kind of allows us. I feel like to have the two linebackers, but also better support in the run game if he's down near the box. If that makes sense. Or it's an instance where okay, Jahad Carter's best at this position. Nathan Ransom's best at this safety position. But freaking Sonny Styles is a freak. We have to have him on the field. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Ransom, Styles, Igmanosin, Hancock, and uh, Denzel Burke. Because think about it, Indiana is a air raid offense. Mm-hmm. So and it, they, they said this best, the same podcast, the podcast. They said it best. When we play the power teams – Sonny's going to be that nickel corner. We're going to have Lathan Ransom. We're going to have Jahak Carter, Hancock, Ingamanosu, or Denzel Burke. But when it comes to a team that's going to spread the ball out and throw it, it's going to be I, – I have the feeling it's going to be – it's going to be Burke, Ingamanosu, Styles, Carter um, – no, no, Styles. It's going to be Styles, Burke, Ingamanosu, 
Carter, I mean, and Nathan Ransom. That's who I think it's going to be when it comes to air raid offenses. It, and it's hard to tell because, you know, there's other, there's another guy, you know, I'm going to throw it that has, that's going to see the field too. Jim Knowles is raving about these two guys and that's CJ Hicks. I think, yeah, I think, I mean, it, we're going to rotate linebackers and DBs and defensive lines so much this year that, and we're not going to miss a beat. But when it comes to time to crunch, you need your best 11 out there. And I feel like the best 11 is going to eventually be, um, until he gets healthy, it's going to be, you know, Ty Hamilton or Tywin Malone, uh, Michael Hall Jr., Jack Sawyer, JTT, Steele, Tommy, Igmanosu, um, Burke, Styles, Ransom, Carter. That, I think that is going to be your starting defense. Yeah. Unless. <laughs> I think you could get crazy team. with it too, bro. Good. I, I think. Good. I mean, I mean, like, I think they if they really like. I know Jim Monholes has a style of defense, and I respect it. But I feel like you also have to be able to play multiple different types of defensive schemes based on what what the teams present. I think that's fair to say. I think we could go three four. I think we could go four three, and we have the personnel to do it. I mean, we yep. go three four. Tyleek Williams, nose tackle, uh, and then obviously JTT's one end, and then I would probably say Michael Hall, is he could probably play that technique, or maybe Jack Sawyer on the edge, and then you, that allows you to have Steele, Tommy, uh, CJ Hicks, and then Sonny might might have to be like, you know, like he he would probably play that fourth linebacker role, and then you'd have to pick who's more the edge guy. It, 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 You'd have I mean, to tweak it. You have to. I, I, you could almost you, – if you really like in running situations, you could really run Sonny Styles, C.J. Hicks, Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers, and your DBs could be Lathan Ransom, Igmanosun, or Hancock, or Denzel Burke. You or could, you could even, literally run that. Yeah, or you could go 4-3 and obviously play Sawyer. I think this is probably the best one. Sawyer, uh, Michael Hall, Tyler Williams – you know, D tackles and then um, JTT and then you, your three linebackers would be Hicks, Steele, Eichenberg, Sonny would be playing one of the safeties, Ransom, the other safety, and then Burke, one corner, probably Igabosin or um, Hancock, Hancock or, or, J- yeah. or Jair, uh, whoever wins that corner job. I mean, the, the one week link, I think that is probably honest to God, a four three with that personnel is the best eleven guys in my opinion. It's very basic though, and I know it's very basic, but sometimes basic's good when you have that much talent. Just let them play, like let them and, play aggressive, and, and let it, them play fast. And the thing is, is you're going to see a lot of CJ Hicks and Sonny Styles in many dis- different directions this year, and I think Igmanosun is as well. I think those three are the freakiest athletes on that back seven. Um, the front seven, obviously, JTT is you know. T- uh, killing it, and Jack Sawyer looks pretty good. Kanata Jackson looks yeah. really good. Hayden Curry looks really good. This Taiwan Malone, um, Ty Hamilton. You know, you don't have Tyreek Williams right now, but you know this defense is loaded. And the thing is, is if you, according to Big Game Boomer and the rest of the Buckeye haters on Twitter, they are underestimating this defense, and I love it. Also, also, big game boomer, you're dead to me. He, so he put, he put. We're no longer the top Ohio podcast. We lost that title, man. He, he, uh, we're no longer the top Ohio State podcast. The second year of him put, ranking the podcast, he put 
the 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 podcast with Doug Lemaries or whatever. I don't know. They're a bunch of bums. And like he's not even part of it anymore. He left. They got worse. How they get like they got worse? We've still been here. Absolutely. Ta- like, and he's a Michigan fan. Like, yeah, he's dead. Sudden, Big like- Game Boomer's dead to me. You know, you were my boy. I respected you. I gassed you up on this show. Dead to me. Dead to me hey, after that. You, hey, I've been on that. I've been on that train for a while. That's probably like, why he got rid of us. But uh, he's dead he, to me. I don't think he actually really watches football. Like, how can you sit there and say that this defense is not going to be so much better with all the talent? Like, there's even Michigan fans out there saying that this de- Ohio State de- don't underestimate Ohio State's defense. But then again, Michigan fans are so you know they got they're so on their high, high horse. We're all right, rightfully so. They kicked our butts the past two years. But on and on, you pick you look at Ohio State on paper, on paper with the talent. There is no way outside of Corm McCarthy and Donovan Edwards. How is Michigan going to move the football? It ha- it's all scheme. Even Michigan fans say it's scheme. Last year was all scheme. Players out of position. Jack Sawyer out of a position. Now he's going to be back with his hands in the dirt. C.J. Hicks going to be out there playing. This this defense is going to be is very underestimated, and I think by the college football world. And I like where the AP poll, the coaches poll has us. They have us fourth because you know the question mark at quarterback. You know, you know, in all the in the offensive line, but don't underestimate this defense. No, I mean, I don't think anyone's underestimating it. I mean, Joel Klatt said, Joel Klatt, he, our boy Joel, we love Joel. Um, He did a TikTok. I don't know how recent it was. It was, it was, uh, it was. Well, it's probably recent because it was about the coaches poll, and he ranked Ohio State third. And like he had um, Georgia and Michigan ahead of Ohio State, ranked us third. But he did say that like he thinks the defense has gotten significantly better. He thinks our offensive line. You know, I know we have. There's a lot of competition right now on the offensive line. Like there's like four guys who are up for the tackle job. It's uh, Luke Montgomery. He's you know freshman. He's really playing well apparently in practice. Um, Tigra, I love Tigra. I think I think he should be a, a starter, absolutely. Um, Fryer, and then who's the last hey, one? Josh Jimmy Simmons, Joshua Jimmy. Simmons. He, oh yeah, the transfer. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's that's pretty deep though. I like that. Fryer's Fryer's going to be the left tackle. It's the it's the right tackles. Carson Hens, you know, Carson Hensman's going to be the um, Zen yeah. Mahous, Zen yeah, Zen Mahowski, uh Jimmy Simmons, you know, Tegros of Chabola and um, Jimmy Simmons are, are going to be the guys battling. I like Tegra and um, Zed, my, my Zed um, the most just because I don't know Josh Simmons yet. I mean, we saw him at San Diego State. Yeah. But he's going to be in the mix. It's going to be it's going to be interesting when the pads. That's, that's why I really can't judge the offensive line right now because you don't know until they put the pads on. I mean, Tegra looks like – I mean, I – from what I from what I watched, he looks the it, part. Well, I, I mean, when he, they were doing the spring ball too, he was in pads at times, and he was throwing guys around. And I think he's a guy when the pads come on, he's really gonna he's really gonna be great. But we'll see how that plays out. Cass, uh, probably the most divisive topic right now about camp is the quarterback position. Um, I know, I believe you're in the in the McCord camp, right? 
Uh, I mean, I, I'm on whoever Ryan Day trots out there. I support. That's a great uh, answer. <laughs> um, I am on. I, I would say Kyle McCord will be the starter just because he knows this offense. Um, he's accurate, and you know, I all that. But you know, obviously. Devin Brown is a baller. I mean, Lincoln Keenholz is a baller, but I think Lincoln Keenholz is in there, and he's challenged both of them. And they, and what I've been reading, both of them look good, but you know, it, it's hard to tell. Again, you can't tell until they put the pads on. Obviously, the quarterbacks won't be hit, but it's who can handle the pressure the most. And I like both of them. It's it's going to be hard pressed. One of the guys is going to be left out, and it, it's it's a, it's a tough choice. Are they Dwayne Haskins, Joe Burrow? No. But both of them are going to be very, very good because they have the running back support and they have the wide receiver and the tight end support. I mean, so is he is he link, uh, is he Dwayne Haskins, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields? No. But you don't have to set the world on fire with the amount of talent you have around him. No. Uh, even if it, even if it's Devin Brown. Now I'm in the camp personally. I think that Ryan day, and I know this isn't like him and it, you know, and then they say, Oh, if you don't have, if you don't have one star, or if you don't have, if you have two stars, you don't have one. I disagree with that. I think we need to give each of them a start. Um, we didn't get to see Devin Brown in the spring game. I don't know how much we will have learned, but I think, you know, if, there, if there's not a runaway winner, which Devin Brown's really pushing, uh, Blake was there too. And like, he was throwing some dimes to Marvin Harrison. Um, yeah, but he, but he also, when it was on 11 on 11, seven on seven, he threw two interceptions and he threw some bad passes, but that's just, but you also have to take those with a grain of salt because it's different. It's different when it's against your own defense because they know your plays. And I will say it's as a DB, like, you know, you should know the plays that they're going to be running at you. And it's a lot easier to cheat and stuff. It's, it's just, it's a lot easier. So I'm taking that with a grain of salt. Um, the, the issue is, is no matter like with what you're going at is 2015 and 1996 are the prime examples. We lost big games because we kept rotating quarterbacks. You, it doesn't matter what the schedule looks like. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying rotate. I'm saying. I'm saying w- one gets a start against Indiana. It's, one it's, gets a start against um, what's their name, it, Youngstown, and then we do what Michigan did, and you make the decision by the third game and you stick to it. And it worked out for Michigan last year. They, you know, they went with K the first game, I believe they went JJ, the other, and then they're like, they looked at the tape. They actually had something tangible as opposed to, you know, just playing against your own defense where everyone kind of knows the plays and like kind of the culture and like who, who, like who, who, who they can pick on, who has the better matchup. Like it's just a lot, it's a lot different when you're going against different teams and they made a decision with JJ McCarthy and it paid dividends for them. It really did. Did it though? Because JJ wasn't that great last year. I mean, he made the plays against Ohio State. I mean, he. he I mean, he, Not, Donovan did, Edwards made the plays, and I, Cam Martinez turning around made. He wasn't. I mean, he but, pick six well, after right. pick six against DZU. That and that's. But the one play. I mean, the one play that. Uh, 
what was it? The play that JJ like spun free. We almost had him for a sack and he, I think it was a touchdown he threw. It was uh, or thir- on third down or whatever. K doesn't make that play. Zero chance. No. Do, you, do you honestly think in that game, Cade McNamara would have, because with JJ2, you had to account for like the scramble. And that changes the whole run defense. It, with yep. Cade, you don't really have to worry about that. I know. Yeah, but J- I, I, I just think it, it hasn't worked in the past for the Buckeyes. You have to. You have to look, and the reason why Ryan Day was hired is because of that 2015 situation. Yeah, no, no, no. you're playing. You're playing. A, it's fair. It's you're not wrong. You're probably more right, but I don't know. I think. I mean, it, it's the likelihood of yeah. what the situation that you're saying could happen is very likely. But I think Ryan wants to choose a guy, and he's gonna, and he's gonna choose a guy, and, and unfortunately, one guy is not gonna get it, but. What a good problem to have, and because I do think that both of these guys are better than Cardale Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cardale Jones was not that accurate. He 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 had an arm, but obviously different offenses, different styles of offense. But I I think either whoever the starter is, it, it's going to be a great season, and they're going to both play phenomenal. I I mean. I think Kyle McCord just because of his experience, but I'm not counting Devin Brown out. The only I just wish he would change his number. I just think we I, I do think we underestimate Kyle McCord. A um, lot of people do because he was like one of the high. He was like the I think the highest recruit in Pennsylvania that year, right? Yeah, and and him and so Marvin Harrison had. Yeah, him and Marvin Harrison have history, so... Yeah, but McCord, McCord, too, was a higher recruit than Harrison. Like, people forget that. McCord was the better prospect, which is crazy to say. But, like, on paper, it was McCord was the better prospect. He was handpicked by Ryan Day. Oh, and by the way, uh, I know I know he played, obviously... Well, he did start the one game in 2021, but uh, 2021, he had a 65.8 completion percentage. In 2022, and we weren't people weren't really impressed by him in 2022. 80% completion percentage. So I mean, he's he completes passes like he's accurate that he's getting the ball out. And you know, he did he really did kind of push Stroud in 2021. You know, people were remember people were calling. And I've said this before. People were calling for like him to start over Stroud, and he played pretty well as a true freshman. Against Akron, so I mean, I I think we underestimate Kyle McCord, but I mean, he's a veteran in this offense, and I, you know, I he could really be something special. Now, Devin Brown too. If Devin Brown beats him out with all that stuff I just said, then watch out because we have two years of that, and and he's a better, obviously, better scrambler than Kyle McCord. So if he beats Kyle McCord out, look out because like that he might be a Heisman front runner then. I wouldn't say Heisman front runner, but he's up in that conversation. We'll see, man. Yeah, I, I, I think whoever the quarterback is, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. Uh yeah, I would say it's gonna be fun to watch. I would say, should be good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and of course you got to. I mean, I, I I'm interested. It's gonna be fun. I mean. Camp's here. Football season's here. Next week's going to be a lot of fun because 
now we next week we could discuss who's going to wear the block zero or and we could actually break down start breaking down the season. Cass, who's your who's your who's your pick to wear the block zero? Oh. Xavier Johnson. But it went it went offense last year. So if I had to pick his uh defense, I'm gonna go JT Tui Meloa. I like it. I would go <sighs> sorry, Bjornik. Um it's been a long day at work. Um I can see like Josh Proctor just because he's been around so long. Um, or I could see... Tough man. I, 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 probably Xavier Johnson. I think that makes the most sense, actually. Interesting. Speaking of wide receivers, who do you see... You know, really stepping up and being that third receiver. Are you Julian Fleming, Jaden Ballard, or a guy like Noah Rogers who's been having an insane camp? Well, Brendan Innes, Noah Rogers, and Carnell Tate are—I've so far having an insane camp. But I'm going Julian Fleming. He—he's a—he's a veteran. He can block, but I also like Jaden Ballard. They're going to rotate six guys, but I think there's the three that you're going to start against Indiana are going to be Fleming. Marvin and Emeka Buka. It just depends how the schemes and type of offense they run. Because you could run, you, you know, if you got Marvin, Marv or Emeka in the slot, you're going to have Jaden Ballard on the out. Uh, you're going to have Jaden Ballard on the outside. If you run, you know, if you run Marvin Emeka Buka on the outside, you could have Fleming or Cardinal Tate in the slot. So it's it's just a matter of how they rotate and how many times they run a tight end as well. I like it. Um, no, it makes sense to me. I, I, I think, I, I mean, I think we're going to, someone, someone will step up though out of all that. I think, I mean, I, I, from what I've been seeing, Noah Rogers is an absolute baller. Um, he had that touchdown in the spring game, like that really impressive touchdown. He had that insane catch in camp and has been lighting it up in camp. I think he's a baller. Um, I can, I think he's going to step up and make some big plays this year, believe it or not. I, it's, I mean, he's really, 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 really. And I'm emphasizing really has impressed me um, with what he's done so far. Yeah, interesting. It's going to be it's, – I like all these position battles, not just the, uh, you know, ones and ones, but who's going to be backups? Like who are some of these backups that are going to be very, very good? And it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to keep, you know, waiting for camp. We're just 20-some days away, and it's a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm psyched. Cass, I know we got to talk about this real quick because um, we were off last week. Oregon and Washington joined the Big Ten. What are your thoughts real quick? I hope we stop for a while. And I think, yes, I think the SEC and of, of things are starting to put, I think it's coming to a halt. I think the people want to know what the ACC is going to do. Um, I think the ACC has a stronghold on possibly getting Notre Dame. Um, it's just going to be definitely interesting. The pack, the pack four, I think they're going to end up going into the Mountain West. The Big 12, I think Big 12 did a great job. 
Um, I think at the end of the day, if the ACC can get Notre Dame and get a couple, there's going to be four major conferences, and it's going to be that way. And I think I don't want it to keep expanding. I think 18, I, 18 will be it. Maybe and then maybe twenty at the end of the day. I think right. the absolute max is twenty four. I think we can add six more and could do twelve, twelve each, each little division. And then if you want to break it up into six pods or something like that, I know that was a proposition. I I, I, I know. Think, I think twenty is it. I just I I feel terrible. For, I don't feel bad for Cal or Stanford because they'll be fine. They'll end up somewhere. They're they're just like two. They're two like prestigious of academic schools to not end up somewhere because they're a bunch of nerds. But I feel bad. I just feel bad for Oregon State and Washington State. I think I think we should add them. I think that they should be coming along with the. I got no problem Oregon State, Washington State. I, it's it, it, geographically, it just makes sense. Let them have the and let Washington and Oregon have their Watt rivals still. Uh, Cal and and Stanford can kick rocks. And I, I think we should add Clemson and uh, Florida State and call it call it a day. I think I think. Do you know the payout is a large for Clemson and Florida State to leave? I think it's to leave the ACC. It's a big payout, and I think Notre Dame is the team that they have. They got to. They're going to be. They're being forced to hand, and it's either going to be. It's either going to be the Big Ten or. Uh, the ACC and I think the ACC should go after it and you could add Navy. I honestly, if you look at it, Navy would be a good slot for the ACC. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, so. it's just weird. The one thing I'll say about that, it's just weird that like, it's weird with the military schools, like army is independent, but Navy's in the AAC and the air force is in the mountain West. I feel like the military schools should all be in their own conference. If that makes sense. But I don't know. That's there's only three of them, so it's that's kind of hard to do. Yeah, I mean, give or take, you could ECU, Appalachian State could go in the ACC. I think if you if Notre Dame can get Navy and those two schools in the ACC, I think it'd be pretty solid. By the way, um, you just mentioned like ECU, like East Carolina University. I just want to put this out there. I know we're I'm no I know I'm extremely early to this and we're getting we still have like over a month, but week one against Michigan. Exclusively on Peacock. Yeah. Week one against Michigan, keep your eye on that one. Keep your eye on that game. No uh, offensive coordinator, no Jim Harbaugh. EC, ECU was good though last year. Yeah, they were not bad. They, they, I believe they returned their quarterback and their receiver too. It's like the, like that was a good duo. So look at like I believe they were a bowl team last year, uh, ECU, and that's that's probably their hardest game. But I, I I think that's a keep your eye on it game. I know, like I said, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but keep your eye on that one. Well, Dan, we have three weeks, three ep, two more week, two more episodes before game week. I know it's it's we're we're almost here, man. So and, next week. We'll break down ha- the first half of the season. The following week, we'll break down the second half of the season. If you want to hear our playoff predictions, head on over to the episode a couple weeks, a few weeks back with Blake. With Blake. With Blake. And then we'll go from there. And then set. And then we'll be in game week in two weeks. 
two I mean, weeks. Currently, it's, it's three seven. weeks. Three weeks from tonight, we'll be recording game week episode. And, and we're only, as of this moment, it's going to be 16 days by the time you're listening to this. But right now, it's 17 days away from the kickoff when it's uh, Notre Dame, Dame Navy. And Dub- Navy in Dublin. Which I think that's going to be a blowout. But Isn't Nebraska playing Minnesota as well that night? No. It's oh. Vanderbilt, Hawaii in a high school stadium. <laughs> now, um, Notre Dame Navy. It's, I think it's Ohio, San Diego State. I think is a game, which is that's actually probably the, the most competitive game of that weekend. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm psyched, brother. I'm, I'm freaking psyched. psyched. The basement's just about done. Almost there. Almost there. So, as always, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. And as always, go Bucks. Go Bucks.